Welcome to the Legally Bliss podcast. This podcast reclaims and rewrites the stories female attorneys have been told about how we should practice law, grow our businesses, treat our clients, treat ourselves, dress at the office, balance our families with work, and craft our identities as female attorneys. We'll hear inspiring stories from current and former female attorneys and how they've proactively chosen to do career and life differently. The ones who question the stories they've been told, the ones who aren't afraid to live boldly and step into their own power. We'll learn from women who define success on their terms and not what society or big law has prescribed for them. We'll learn from these women how to deeply question the stories we tell ourselves about ourselves. Through lighthearted and curious conversation, we'll impact the challenges these inspiring female attorneys have already navigated to inspire you. So join me on this journey. You'll be empowered and ready to rewrite a completely new story about what is possible for you. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Legally Bliss Conversations Conference Room, which is a regular roundtable where lady lawyers get together to discuss an impactful subject matter that we think will help our audiences better navigate life and law. And today we're talking about how to get shit done. My name is Susie Hickson, and I'm a trademark attorney and the founder of Legally Blissed Professional Network and Community. After having practiced law for about 20 years in both big law and and now my own boutique practice, I've worked with a lot of lawyers and I have many female lawyer friends. I've learned that while female lawyers are incredible advocates for others, we seem to not always be great self-advocates. Hence, Legally Bliss was developed to give female lawyers a platform to network, collaborate, and support each other, all while learning and integrating the Bliss method to become a fierce and powerful advocate, not just for others, but for ourselves. The Bliss method is an acronym for boundary setting, leveraging fails, integrating creativity, self-awareness, and support and community. Today, I'm talking with a few of my fellow female advocates and community members about a subject that I think falls under boundaries, because at the end of the day, we have to get shit done. And to do that, sometimes we have to set boundaries around our time. We have to become really precious when it comes to how we protect our time. And sometimes to do that, we have to set boundaries. And to continue to learn more about boundaries and other ways that you can become your own best and fiercest self-advocate, make sure you subscribe to this YouTube channel and hit that notification bell. And be sure to share it with some of your fellow lady lawyers. So to talk about how to get shit done today, I'm excited to welcome a few of my fellow community members and lady lawyers, Dina Cataldo, Marissa Simmons, Amanda Stark, and Christine Vartanian. I would love to let each of them um, take a few minutes to introduce themselves. So tell us a bit about yourself, Dina, and what you're working on right now. All right. Thanks for having me, Susie. Thanks, everybody who's here. I am a master certified coach. I was a criminal prosecutor for 15 years, and now I help lawyers really manage their time in a way that helps them achieve their biggest goals. And so often we let all of our big goals go to the wayside because we're trying to just keep our heads above water. So I'm really helping them 
make sure they can do more than just tread water, they can actually get ahead and get where they want to go. Dina, one reason I wanted you to talk um, today and, and be on this roundtable is because you really do work with a lot of your clients on procrastination, which is something that is obviously um, an impediment to getting shit done. So thank you so much for being here. Amanda, um, tell us a little bit, bit about you and what you're working on. Yeah, Susie, thank you so much for having me on today. I'm so excited to talk about this topic with all of you. So I am Amanda Stark. I am a certified life coach and human design expert, and I help women, not just lawyers, but also lawyers and women find and connect to their purpose in life and get off of autopilot and start living according to their true desires. And I use a combination of mindset coaching, human design expertise, and a little bit of witchy magic to get that done. Awesome. Thank you for being here. And I'm excited to hear about how um, human design and witchy magic <laughs> integrates with getting shit done. So thank you so much for being here. Christine, tell us a little bit about what you're working on. Yeah. So I'm Christine Vartanian and I am an image and brand stylist. And my uh, prior career, because, uh, you know, I do qualify as an attorney because I did have that in my background, but I, I practiced law for about five years early on in my career. I also had a, um, a civil engineering degree, but then I decided to stay home to raise children for 10 years. And during that time, I realized just how much women gave of themselves and how much they sacrificed. And I had so many of my peers sort of sacrificing their own self-care, their own well-being in the name of taking care of all the people and things that they do because women wear so many hats. And it was then that I decided about when my, my youngest was two years old, I decided to um, start my company, Jade House of Style, uh, which serves women in their wardrobe and editing their closet and getting their style on point so that they can feel as amazing outside as they do inside and to be a resource for them so that they don't um, let go of that really important person that is the anchor to everything themselves. Christine, that was beautiful. And, you know, I one thing I know that's really important to you is leaning into our why, like why we are doing what we do on a daily basis, right? And so I have a feeling that talking about um, your why and how we have to kind of reference that is, you know, what maybe one of the little tips that helps us um, keep, keep moving forward when things get super hard. So thank you so much for being here. I can't wait to hear more. And Marissa, what you working on? Hi, I'm Marissa Simmons. Uh, lovely to see some of you again with Legally Blessed stuff. Um, I am an, a former practicing attorney. I practiced for six years. I was a consumer bankruptcy attorney. I graduated law school in 2008. So that was the option for practicing at the time. Um, I fell into recruiting six years later and have been doing that for almost a decade now. Um, I specifically work with attorneys um, to place them in full-time positions with law firms and corporations. I partner with law firms and corporations as well to find them attorneys. Usually Fridays are chill days and I have been so excited about this. So of course my email is blowing up to so it's a very um, perfect topic because I'm um, uh, keeping myself from looking at what I know is happening on the screen very close to me right now. So as we all have to do in our lives regularly. So what I'm doing today. Right. Yeah. And that's I think you could you make a really good point there. Like, even you know, we're always trying to navigate how to get things done. Right. And we have to 
kind of constantly evolve and reassess based on you know the the season of life that we're in so and what we're working on so i pray that you get your stuff done this afternoon after we get off of here because i'm sure you're gonna have a lot of emails and stuff to catch up on so thank you so much for for being here today marissa it's 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 a pleasure that you're here so let's talk about getting shit done um i let's start with dina i <laughs> And she's probably like, no, um, but I did this to her last time, like in one of the last round tables. I was like, I want to start with you because you are the one who you really work on uh, with a lot of lawyers, a lot of female lawyers. And one of the big things that you love talking about and helping them with is navigating procrastination. And I think that's what, something that a lot of us struggle with, whether or not we're lawyers um, or not, right? We we procrastinate. So could you tell us a little bit about what your practice um, looks like with working with your clients? Sure. Um, I'm going to start that kind of by entering the conversation from where I was at. Yeah, please. That's why I got into what I was doing is because I saw myself procrastinating mm -hmm. and feeling called to do more and not being able to keep my head over water in my own law practice and, and being able to do all of the things where I felt confident and competent mm. in the job I was doing. And it was really, it came down to a place where I was in more pain than I wanted to be in. And I had to find a way to get out of the pain. And that's what kind of took me on this journey of figuring out, okay, how do I manage my time? How do I get stuff done? And the procrastination really came in when I saw, yes, I have these really big things I want to do, a business I want to create on top of my practice, but I don't have time. And that was the story I kept telling myself is I don't have time. I don't have the energy. This isn't something I can do right now. And so I kept putting it off, putting it off, but I got into so much pain that I had to realize, okay, no, I have to do something. And so I, my entry point was just changing something in my life. And for me, that was my morning routine and using that so that I could have some focus time to think about what my next steps were. And that's really when I help my clients, we aren't upending their lives and totally like throwing all the balls in the air, which I think some lawyers are afraid they're gonna have to do if they want to change things. We start with the low hanging fruit and we start helping them gain the focus that they need. And if they don't know what they want, we create that time. We carve out just that little bit of time every week so they can think about what they want. And then we go from there. I love that. Like, because you're helping them be proactive with their time and their scheduling rather than constantly reactive, right? Like, right. I know that I felt that way before where I'm constantly just in reaction mode um, and allowing myself to sit down, whether or not it's at the end of the week, sort of like my CEO time or at the beginning of the week as I plan my week, to look at my calendar and proactively figure out how I'm going to approach the week with, with periods of um, kind of rest, right? Like periods where, it, you know, if something does kind of come up that I, I maybe have to be a little more reactive to, I, I kind of allow for that. So thank you. Thank you for that, Dina. So what about you, Amanda? I know that you also have um, clients that you work with. I'm not quite sure if you're, if you all discuss, um, you know, pro productivity, but I'm curious um, kind of where you are on helping your clients and getting, getting shit done. 
yeah, definitely. So I don't think you can coach women and not talk about productivity, right? Like I think we're all I don't know. telling ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> I think as women, we're all telling ourselves we don't have enough time and we should be doing more and all of that. I also realized in my introduction, I forgot to tell everyone my legal credentials. I like forget about that part of my life. <laughs> I, I was a healthcare compliance attorney for 15 years, a combination of in-house and in a firm and um, doing all the things. Plus I, at my firm, I traveled about every other week for years. So definitely did the dance of balancing all the time. And I think one of the things that, and I loved what you said, Susie, about leaving time for rest. And one of the things that I personally do and uh, coach my clients on is that intentional space throughout the day. So what I encourage my clients to do and what I personally do is not just like extra time in case something comes up, but actually leave the office, leave the workspace, give yourself that space to like check in with your intuition or like give your brain a break from output and input. And so, you know, even if it's five or 10 minutes, that can be just a really amazing thing to just give your brain and body that space and see what comes up or just as a reset. So I think that's something that is very often overlooked, especially in the legal field where, you know, every six minutes counts. So if we are thinking we have to maximize every single minute of the day, we aren't allowing ourselves to have that space that we desperately need. I think that's something that's really challenging once you get out of practicing law is, you know, not living your life in six minute increments and not constantly thinking about that, that time value, right? Like, Oh, you know, you're, you're constantly, it's so deeply ingrained in you. So do you have any kind of suggestions or guidance or tips or advice about how to kind of navigate that from a, maybe a mindset standpoint? Yeah, absolutely. So I think, and I mean, if you are still a lawyer who is billing for the hour, right, you do have to account for that, right? Like that is how you are getting paid. But if you're not, and even if you are kind of separating yourself and like, the idea that you have to like squeeze every second, because the reality is you're going to be more productive. You're going to be more focused and you're going to get more done for yourself and for your clients. If you give yourself that space during the day, right? Like we all reach a maximum capacity. So I think it is just giving yourself that permission. And something that I like to do when clients are very resistant to this idea is just do an experiment, try it for a day or two days or a week and just see, like I actually had a client last week who we were talking about in office time versus work from home days. And I had her do a time audit of each of one day of each just to see, because she was having so much drama about like needing to sit at her computer all day on her work from home days and like not allowing herself extra space to prove that she was working. And I think as women, a lot of us come from that, like, oh, I need to prove that I belong in this room or that I belong in this firm or whatever. And so it turned out she was actually doing more quote productive work on her day at home than she was the days in the office because of, you know, water cooler chat and people stopping by and all of those things. So just try that experiment. Like for her, it was two days and it blew the mindset piece wide open of like, what her work from home days needed to look like. Wow. That's, that's incredible. Thank you for that, Amanda. And Karen says that she loves that. She loves intentional space. That's thank you so much, Karen. What about you, Christine? Um, in terms of, in terms of time management and so forth. Yeah. How are you getting it done? 
Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. For me, for me, I it's interesting because I am like many of us, you know, constantly trying to squeeze the juice out of the day uh, because I have so many things to accomplish and so many goals. We're high achievers, and that's kind of the you know, the, the, the risk of being a high achiever, you want to really be very efficient with your time because time is life, right? You can't get your time back. Uh, for me, I try and it works best for me to anchor myself at the beginning of the day. I really ha have tried to hone and it's a constant work in progress, honestly, because sometimes I fall off the wagon and I don't do exactly what I want to do, but I try and anchor myself each day by having like I think it was Dina who was talking about a morning routine, but a morning routine that is uh, sort of focused on three parts of my being. That's my mind, my body and my soul. I, I, they're non-negotiable for me. Um, so there's things that I do if my life depended on it and it really gets me super centered. So I, I working out is a must for me. So that's one of them. I, um, I spent some time, um, spiritually so i can like really you know um work on that at the beginning of the day and i work on some of my mindset work and my business if i have a business course i do 20 minutes of that each day so it's like in the morning i have this time blocked where i'm working on each part of my person my being and it, i feel so accomplished right I, I feel like okay i got a good foundation to the day now, there are days where, you know, sometimes I, I don't get to my reading or I don't, um, my gym, I always get to, but I never, that's the one thing I have to get to so I can get yeah. my frustrations out and really yeah. tackle the day. But I've seen you pounding on stuff on Instagram, <laughs> on your Instagram. So if you want to yeah. see Christine Breaking Bad on on the, uh, what was like a, like a big tire or whatever, yeah. I know you're, you're doing CrossFit. And yeah. So it's, it's fun to see you doing that. Yeah. But the, for me, it, uh, time management is really about, having a solid foundation at the beginning of the day and then you know of course i go about the day and you know things things change because fires come up that you have to put out so you kind of have to adapt and that is really important too so but yeah it's a constant work in progress it is it is a constant work in progress right and we're we're constantly having to just reassess and evolve it so Jen says she's loving the real talk on this subject we're glad you're here jen and kristen great topic today so good to see all of you here Marissa, you are a you have a career, and you are also a mother of two girls, I think. And I know that you call yourself, um, I think you said Riley's mom and something once. And I was like, I, I could tell that you, your being a mother is so important to you. You, I know that like recently you're like, I'm out of here. I'm taking the girls out of town for the weekend. And I was like, that's so inspirational. I thought that was so cool that you did that. So how do you, how do you do all of it? How do you do all of the things? I stick very, very, very closely to my schedule. It is thankfully these days on our phones and it never leaves my side except once recently when I did leave my phone home for an entire day and it was a long day and I didn't even have a car and couldn't go get my phone. It was wild. But um, 
but no, I am someone who needs to have a schedule or I will be all over the place doing a million things, none of which actually needed to get done. So, um, so I'm extremely scheduled every morning. Um, I'm not a great morning person. My day, like my work day, I mean, technically the minute the kids get out of the house at 745, I'm willing to take calls that early um, to be available. I already usually have a cup of coffee in me by that point. Um, but I don't generally show up to the office until a little bit later in the morning once the kids get out. I take a little bit of time to get the coffee, get myself mentally ready. Um, I look at my calendar for the next day every evening and then also in the morning um, to kind of get an idea for what's on the schedule. I know in my head what else needs to get done that needs to be plugged in. Um, other things on the schedule though are things like my workout. That's blocked off on the schedule. I can't work out in the morning. I'm, I love an afternoon workout, so it's blocked. I have the type of scheduling system where I allow people to put things on my calendar, but it's very tightly controlled in terms of when things can be put on the calendar, and it never conflicts with my workout time. Um, and if I need to put something else on the calendar, it easily moves, so I can keep my calendar open for people, but also protect it for myself. Um, but I also, in addition to putting actual appointments on my calendar, I put my checklist on the calendar. And it's not in the form necessarily of a checklist, but if something's got to get done, it's on the calendar. It's a 30-minute block or a 15-minute block or whatever I expect I might need. So no one can steal that time from me um, if they go into my calendar. This has to get done. Whether it gets done in that moment or not, it's just got to get done that day. Or gets pushed over to the very next day's calendar. So I um, work very closely with my calendar to keep myself in check. And it keeps me honest. I don't have a boss who keeps tabs on my work every day. Um, and I need some sort of accountability. And my calendar can provide that. And uh, we're just very close with each other. Um, and, I've, and, and you know, if there's a networking event in the evening, if there's a board meeting at nine o'clock, it's all on the same calendar, whether it's personal, if it's work, if it's a kid's dentist appointment, if it's a birthday party on Saturday, it's all in one place. Um, and, and that for me, because I'm not inherently super structured, that keeps me structured and helps me get through every day and get the things done, get the shit done get the shit done. Do you use only a digital calendar or do you also have a paper planner? I have completely switched to a digital ca calendar. Okay. Um, I used to be fairly good about paper planners, but like phones, they can be left places and you, <laughs> it's easier to not realize you don't have a paper calendar than like, you know, instantly when you forgot your phone. Yeah. So that's a really good point. That's <laughs> the, I do, but I have both of a paper paper planner and a digital calendar. So, um, and I have had those situations, right? Where I left my paper one at home and I was like, Ugh, like I felt a little naked. I, I felt a little naked, but it wasn't as bad as like not having a phone. Right. right. Because that it, it, that's where all, everything happens. Right. It's integrated with my computer. It's just, it's just easier that way. But, um, I don't know. Sometimes I've wondered if I'm overdoing the planning by having both, but I like also being able to like, write like, physically like write things rather than just take, you know, typing notes. Can I, oh, sorry. I just wanted to chime in. Marissa said something really important that I see a lot with attorneys and it's a super simple fix is 
actually going onto your calendar if other people are able to enter things on your calendar and make sure you have time blocked off for yourself because a lot of attorneys have staff members who can schedule meetings, schedule consults, and they don't think about blocking time to themselves. They're not thinking ahead about, okay, well, I don't want five consults in a day. Meanwhile, the assistant thinks, oh, this is great. This is new business. Let's just like put it all in. She'll love it. They don't, they don't think the same way that you might think about your practice. And it can be, it can go a long way. Just having like a little communication too, is just like making sure your assistant or whoever else has access to your calendars on the same page as you are. That's a really good, a really good tip, Dina, like being proactive about your own calendar, being pr protective of your personal time. If you are working with an assistant who is doing calendaring for you, um, making sure that you're aware, they're aware that, you know, maybe you only want to take two prospective client calls a, a day or a week or, or whatever, right? Set those parameters. If you're using, if you don't have an assistant and you use something like Calendly, you can set rules like that within Calendly. So make sure you really dig into your, if you're using some type of digital online schedule or like Calendly or Acuity, I think are the bigger, the bigger ones, like th that you set the parameters that make sense for you. And that will evolve. Like you'll learn that, okay, maybe having five <laughs> perspective consult, <laughs> perspective client consultations in one day was not a good, <laughs> was not a good, seemed like a great idea at the time, but you do it and you're like, you know, completely done here so you could but you can do that in those digital calendars so take advantage of technology when you can thank you for that dina so when you are i'm curious um with you all like when you're looking at prioritization of your workload i um, mean you have multiple competing priorities do you have any just kind of tips or best best practices when it comes to approaching um the list of things to do when it comes to prioritization. I do. I always do. Oh, go ahead. Who was that? I, I think it was me. But I was gonna say, go ahead, Dina. Oh, <laughs> I'm just kind of like going down the you know the Brady Bunch thing here. Okay. Well, I mean, I've gone through different stages of this in my lifetime. I think we all kind of start at stage zero, where we have no idea what we're really want to accomplish. We're just kind of like trying to keep our head above water and don't know really what to do. Like everything's a fire. Mm -hmm. And then we kind of enter stage one where we realize, oh, this is a problem and I'm not able to perform the way that I want to. And one of the things that I started out by once I got into stage one and I had some awareness was saying, okay, look, I hate my mornings. I wake up, I hit snooze a dozen times, and then I'm rushing out the door and just finding those like real big pain points and starting to cool them off and start to say, okay, how do I make this better? How do I make this easier on myself? And then once I started doing that, that's when I was able to start really planning my day. I couldn't even plan my day until I had some space to think. And that was my space. For you, it might be something else. It might be lunchtime. You're like, okay, I have space to think. Let me think through my day. But to really start to get things done and start entering that stage of having more control over your time and getting more done, it takes making that pocket of space to think out, okay, let me do more than just the hearings that I put on my calendar. Because that's kind of where I started. And I know a lot of my clients start is like, 
okay, well, I use my calendar for hearings, but I'm not thinking through, oh, I have um, a motion for summary judgment that I want to have done and I need to create time to do that. And instead they're using deadlines to pressure them to work harder and faster when really that's what's creating a big battery drain on us. And that's why you might feel exhausted when you get home at the end of the day is because you're creating pressure that doesn't need to be there. And it's really hurting our nervous system and taking that energy away from us. Um, so that's really step one is creating that pocket of space so you can start thinking more clearly about what it is you want to accomplish during the week. And if you can't even think that far ahead because you're still in that stage where you're, everything's a fire, you could just think every morning, let me just take 10 minutes to think through my day in the morning and write down the top three things I need to get done today and just keep bringing my attention back to that. You know, I had, um, when I was practicing and I still do this a little bit now, but it's, it was different when I was practicing because it for a long time felt like everything was a reaction because like you said, you have a hearing coming up, you're getting ready for that, whatever it is, you have a motion, but you file it right before the deadline, because even though you've known it needed to be handled, you know, for 30 days, you're on day 28 before you actually get around to it. So um, it can be really hard to get to that point of even having a minute to like start working ahead rather than only reacting. And something I started to do, which takes a little bit of time to get there, but will get you to the point of not just reacting any longer, is when you get in 30 days out that something needs to be filed in 30 days or however long you have, just with one, not with all 10 or 20 or how many going on, pick one of them, get it done now, because in 28, in 28 days, it'll be done. And you will buy yourself a little extra time in 28 days. And tomorrow, do that with another one. And the next day, do it with another one. And in a month, you are going to be reacting to things when they come in, not when they come due. Mm. And if you can just do that with your hearings or your motions practice or whatever it is, take one item and start working ahead of deadline on that item and then catch up and use the time you're creating for yourself over time to catch up and start working ahead. Um, and to me, that was the one way to get start getting ahead of my work and not constantly feel like I'm always breathing down a deadline. Mm -hmm. um, and that was a really helpful way for me in practice when I had deadlines like that to be able to take your lunchtime to plan for something else or, you know, rather than spending an entire weekend catching up on everything only to find on Monday, there's more fires to put out. Yeah. yeah. And just following up on uh, Marissa and Dina, you know, the, one of the philosophies I uh, came up with in 2022 kind of, I don't like New Year's resolutions, but it was sort of like my phrase for the year. And what I found that is when the the little things weren't getting done, the, the little things I was procrastinating on, because I was giving priority to the bigger things, but the little things actually were very important, like making that next um, physical appointment for one of my kids or making my own um, appointment for, you know, uh, my annual or making, uh, you know, the next dental appointment or, or whatnot. Right. So what I decided to do is do it now. So when I was in an appointment and I had to plan for the following six months, I would make my appointment right there when I was there. I used to always just rush out and go on to the next things I have to do on my calendar 
but I made that decision to do every, like even down to my nail appointment, you know, if that was that, you know, like make it when I'm finished with that certain, with that appointment in that moment, because then if I don't, then the kids won't go to their doctor for two years. It just seems <laughs> as though the, the, the doctor's calendar gets booked and so does mine. And then it just gets, you know, not something I think about to do. So doing it now was a big um, win in terms of staying organized because that just kind of get got the little things out of the way and I didn't have to think about it. And the other thing that I have done, and I really think it helps me um, just get centered for the week and for my calendar, is I actually started taking, I, I, I decided not to be working on weekends, but I do take time at the end of my Sunday after dinner, I sit down and I look at my calendar for the week uh, because I did find that I was being very active and it was very uncomfortable. Like I would say, oh gosh, I have to have to plan for this call that I'm on. And it's like Wednesday night and it's like Thursday morning. And I found that if I look at my calendar on Sunday, then I can manage my expectations for the week. And I don't feel surprised that I have to meet with somebody early in the morning on Thursday, on Wednesday night. I kind of have an understanding of what's going on during the week. And if I have to plan something or prepare for something, I start doing it on Sunday so that I feel like I got a little bit of a handle on my week. And that really helped me not procrastinate. And it also helped me just not feel stressed. Yeah, getting a handle on your week ahead of time, I think, is is really key. Um for, for a few reasons. And this kind of, I think, aligns also with like just getting a handle on your appointments that you have coming up. When you're make, when you go ahead and make those appointments, Christine, kind of like what you're saying, one thing you're doing is you're, you're eliminating some decision fatigue later on, right? Like, or having to reschedule or, you know, oh crap, the doctor isn't going to be in for two more months. Should I go find another one? Like all of those things, right? You, you eliminate the decision fatigue, which I think a lot of us seem to suffer from. Um, the other thing I think is really important to do kind of when you're when you're looking at your week ahead is to think about what can you what can you reschedule <laughs> and what can, and I know some people are like, no, you know, like you have to be committed to your calendar. But, you know, sometimes there's just there's a lot going on. Right. Like, did you book too many things back to back to back? Do you need to have some rest between a couple couple of your calls? Right. Like, that's OK. If there's any, are there sales calls that you said yes to when, you know, maybe you should have said no to <laughs> two months ago, you know, did anything change? Is there anything on your calendar for the coming week that you can maybe, maybe eliminate, right? Or just uh, preferably cancel. What can you say no to? I'm big on that. Um, but if, can you reschedule? That's another thing I think that kind of helps open up, uh, open you up a little bit mentally as you're looking at your calendar and the week ahead. It really bleeds over into not just um, the setting boundaries that you said, Susie, at the beginning, but also self-care. You, you know, I put my gym on my calendar and Christine goes to gym in the morning before she starts the day and, you know, getting the nail appointment set before you go back or the hair. I did that to my kids. They went like two years without haircuts and they looked disgusting. And last time I went, I finally set their next appointment before I left. Like I always do that for myself. Why don't I do that for them? But it's self-care too. And part of that setting boundaries 
helps with like the self-care. It's all one big picture, right? Like it helps me be mentally more, you know, prepared for things and more present in the moment when I have things going on because I know there's time scheduled later for the next event. And it all is one, you know, one piece of a bigger whole, um, that self-care, the mental self-care, the physical self-care, the setting boundaries on your schedule. Um, it's, it all, it all works together. It's also important that it, they make you all, you need all of those things. You need all of them to work together. Sorry, go ahead, Dina. Or was it Amanda? It was me. Um, yeah. So the other thing that I wanted to add just in terms of prioritizing tasks, because I think depending on your type of practice or what you're doing now, you may not always be on motion deadlines, right? Like hard deadlines like that. So especially if you're, you know, doing more client projects or more like free flowing kind of things, I think we get stuck in the trap of there is a right order or a top priority instead of just deciding like this is the next thing that I'm going to work on. And, you know, like Susie mentioned, decision fatigue, a lot of it we do to ourselves. You know, we spin on these decisions instead of just saying, oh, I'm going to work on this project today, right? Or I'm going to, this is my decided priority for this week. And then I'm going to put something else on my calendar for next week or tomorrow or whatever it is. But a lot of times just let go of this idea that there's a right place to start or a correct top priority and just pick one and get it done because that feels amazing. That. And then you're more likely to do the next thing. I love that. that. That's like a little bit different perspective, Amanda, um, that I haven't really formulated in my head, but I really love just the idea of why fret so much about, you know, talk about decision fatigue. Like, why are we fretting so much about prior prioritizing the tasks? Like, just pick one and, and just do it. Because when you do it, it feels really good when you get it finished, right? There's that sense of accomplishment and some motivation to go on to the next one. Okay, I'm gonna have to play devil's advocate on that oh, one. Do it. <laughs> I mean, like, I really like the idea. I do agree with Amanda in the sense that we overthink. We overthink, you know, we have all these things on the desk and we think, oh, there's the right answer and I should do this. But if you are thinking about a bigger picture task, for instance, growing your business, right? If you're thinking about where you want to spend your time so you're working on your business instead of in your business so much i think the thinking has to change i think we have to start looking in terms of what are the priorities and am i spending the majority of time in those priorities there's like an 80 20 rule right so the things that we do 20 percent of the time are getting us 80 percent of the results so if we really, if we'd have something like that, like for instance, for me, it's growing my business. And for a lot of my clients, it's building their practices without overwhelm and really starting to systematize their practices and really starting to think bigger picture on how to grow without growing that sense of overwhelm. They think, and we, we work in like year spans, right? Like we want to prioritize what are the top three to five things that are really going to move the needle in the practice and am i prioritizing them in my quarter my month and my week and then in my day but if we if if we're overthinking obviously we're not going to be able to make decisions quickly and if we're not thinking big picture we're not going to take the actions and we're not going to be able to, able to observe where we're procrastinating 
and not getting the big results that we want to get for ourselves. Like that's when we really start to break it down and see where we're not taking action. That's where all the real fun work can begin, because then there's something going on up here that we need to check out. Mm. That's actually a really good point, too. Right. Like observing, like, where are we having that resistance to getting the thing done? Like, and why is that? I mean, sometimes I'm like, I, I just feel like getting it, getting it done anyway feels so good. It's kind of like going, it's like going for a run. I can be like, oh, I really don't know if I, I don't feel like going for the run, but I think about how good it feels after our run. I'm like, oh, I want that feeling. Right. So that's kind of why, like, I'll do the thing that I'm really hesitant on. It's like kind of forcing myself to get Un get comfortable with being uncomfortable, if that makes sense. Um, and there, <laughs> I probably need to do that. I probably need to be coached on this. It'd be fun to do like it would be fun to do like a live coaching session with someone. But um, no, I I think that's interesting, and I love that you know we kind of have different perspectives on that. And maybe you know there really is no right way to do it, right? Like it's figuring out what works best for you. So maybe spend a a, a week or a month. Um, you know, when you're looking at your, your list, <laughs> you know, think about, okay, well, maybe, maybe I do want to dig into where this resistance is and, and why, or maybe it's, maybe it's time for you just to get to pick a task and do it right. And, and to just work through it and just enjoy the feeling of having it done. Yeah. I think that too, you know, sometimes when we procrastinate, it is really a evidence of our anxiety about something. About something. Yeah. So like the things we tend to put off are things that maybe we're still kind of processing how we're going to tackle it, what the solutions are. And it just doesn't feel like we're ready or ripe to tackle it. But it also is probably our anxiety going, I don't know, can I do this? Will I be able to accomplish? Will I be able to finish yeah. this? Right. So that's kind of what I found personally for me, like when I because I'll, I'll think I, I'm the kind of person that thinks about my thoughts. So I'm like, why am I procrastinating this? Why am I putting it off? I know it's coming. I need to do it. And um, when I can talk myself to myself about that, I find that there is some fear maybe around it. And so what I'll do is I'm like, okay, you got to be courageous. I just got to tackle it. And, um, and then actually in the end, it doesn't seem so bad. I'm like, oh, that wasn't as bad as I made it to be in my mind. So um, I think we're also different, right? And how we process things, whether, you know, we, we have what level of anxiety on the, we are at with certain things, what gives us more angst. Um, but I think that the procrastinating happens because sometimes we're also very, we want to do it perfectly and we put it off because we feel like we can't do it in that, you know, sooner rather than later. Dina, I'm curious, what is, yeah, I know that you've studied procrastination a lot with your clients. <clears throat> Why do we procrastinate? Why do we keep putting it off? I want to tell you, I don't just work with my clients on this. I work on myself with it. Right? Like, this, is, this is not like, um, I'm not like Buddha on the mountaintop. Like I'm, <laughs> I really, I just notice the thoughts faster now and what's preventing me from doing things now. Mm -hmm. um, but really what it comes down to is understanding ourselves better than we ever have before and just keep improving on it. And when my, my clients or I'm procrastinating, it's because we haven't brought it into our awareness. Like we really haven't sat with it and, and said like, oh, 
Like, why, why am I procrastinating? Hmm, let me get curious about it. And that's something that I think we're all guilty of is being unkind to ourselves when we're not doing something, when we're putting something off. We tell ourselves there's something wrong with us, that we shouldn't be doing this, like we should be working harder. Like what I have some clients, I am shocked when they tell me like, I'm so stupid, like this is just stupid. Why am I doing this? <clears throat> and they're so mean to themselves, right? We can be yeah. so mean to ourselves. We would never talk to other people like this. And when we start telling ourselves that, it does not encourage us to get work done. It does not make me want to go do the hard things that my brain naturally tells me are going to be hard and that I don't want to do. Instead, the practice is noticing. This happened to me the other day, right? So I'm, I'm laying in bed and I woke up a little late because I had like animal issues. I have a cat and a dog and they were having issues in the middle of the night. So I didn't have great sleep. I slept in. And I'm sitting in bed and I'm thinking, there's no way I can do all of this. Like, I have so much to do today. That's where my brain naturally went. And then I, I paused and I went, wait a minute. I don't need to sit in bed going through my task list, thinking about how I can't do it. Let's figure this out and let's go. And so, like, I had to self-motivate myself and just stop all of the negativity thinking and be like, no, like, just, hey, you can do this. And I got up. And I just did it. And I, you know, the whole day I'm just congratulating myself. I'm like, look, I did it. I did it. I did it. Right. Like just like giving myself that self-validation and keep cheering myself on so that I could get through my day versus where most of our brains go is like, I can't do it. This is, I'm so tired. And then we make ourselves more tired and we, our brain cannot focus to get the work done. And then we beat on ourselves some more. So it's the practice of doing that so that we can get things done. You have to um, sort of self-coach. You're, yeah. you're, you're self-coaching yourself. Yeah. And if, if you're having challenge, Christine's obviously self-coaching. That's what you're doing. If you're having challenges with this, seek out a coach um, to help you kind of work through the challenges of some of that self, the, the negative self-talk. Like, I think a lot of us do that, right? Where we get in that spin where we procrastinate, we put stuff off. And then we're like, all of a sudden we suck. And you know, it, it can be a really, it can be a really vicious cycle until, or, or unless like you are to the point where you are really aware of your, of your own thinking and what, and that spiral that you're starting to get into and kind of putting like a, like, I want to say like kind of stabbing it or putting a pin in it, right. Saying, stop it. You know, so you, you can be nice to yourself. Like you can talk kindly to yourself. And you're right, Dina, like our, our negative self-talk, and this is something I think we all, a lot of us need to work on. It's something I'm really, really not, see, here's the negative self-talk coming in. I'm not good at, at it, right? Um, it's something that, I, you know, we really need to practice and we have to be on ourselves when, when we start getting into that spiral thinking of how, you know, we're, we're beating ourselves up for procrastinating. Like I shouldn't even really be doing this. Right. Like me procrastinating means something about me. Um, so yeah, getting a coach, I think can, if you can't really coach yourself on that can be so, so helpful. I want to talk really, um, just one of the last things I want to talk about here is, um, what type of tools or techniques or strategies, you're using right now to kind of help you 
manage your time and, and stay organized. I'm going to give sort of an example of what I'm talking about here because I, I don't want the question to be confusing. Um, and, and this is one of the reasons, this is one of the things that helps me get shit done. And that is having autoresponders on my emails. Um, I don't do it with my legally blissed um, email because I don't have a, a ton of email coming through there. Um, but I do do it with my law firm email. Um, I do have an autoresponder set that sets expectations in terms of how I respond to people. And, you know, I, I let them know ahead of time that I am not a lawyer that responds in two hours <laughs> and that your matter is probably not urgent, but if it is, it's a mark lawyer, right? Like everyone's, <laughs> I'm like, if blood is involved, maybe it's urgent, but I can't help you go to a doctor. Um, I, <laughs> I'm, I'm very, I'm kind of lucky with doing the trademark work because I, I'm, I can control that a, a lot, but there, I'm not at anyone's mercy quite as much, right. As opposed to someone who, who maybe do does family law or litigation. Um, but I do think that setting expectations with the people that you work with is really good. And like I said, one way that you can do that is having an autoresponder on your email so that you can let people know um, when you will be responding. And maybe that's on, maybe that's Monday and Wednesday mornings that you check email. Um, and I have to be very aware of the fact that not all lawyers, <laughs> um, are fortunate enough to not have to be in their email, you know, a, a lot more than I do, but that's, that's something that you can think about and you can create that, um, your, your own way. So I'm curious about you all, do you all have any sort of methods or technologies that you're using right now to kind of protect your sanity and get things done? Marissa, we'll go with you. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I use this scheduling tool, um, that I have a link in my signature block, but I also send it to people, um, you know, when I want them to schedule something. And when I first got it, I was like, this is so impersonal. People are going to be offended. Um, I've never had a single complaint. I've had plenty of people be like, that was so easy. I was able to stick what I wanted on your calendar. And, um, and it, I have, I spend zero time scheduling things now, um, for myself, at least I schedule things for my clients, but I don't spend any time worrying about what my calendar is going to look like. I have rules set. Like you said, I have hours set for certain things. Um, and that's super easy to help out. I think another thing, which we haven't talked about at all, and it's probably another topic for another day is being able to say no and being able to control how much time you spend on certain things or with certain people and being able to have like a good um, kind of quick response when you get to the point of realizing I'm not the resource for you um, in a way to still be supportive of that person and their need um, and, and, and also be able to um, set expectations for how you can provide for them, how you may not be the best resource to provide for them, what else they should be doing on their own, and then kind of wrap it up. Um, and then I also, a lot of my time is spent on the phone and I tend to expect, you know, a certain amount of time for certain things. But if something runs over, I have a very strict rule of not cutting someone off quickly. If I expect something to take 30 minutes and it takes an hour, it takes an hour. And if I had something scheduled immediately after that 30 minutes, um, I have a whole bunch of like 
almost auto replies for emails, but like saved on a document that I can just quickly copy paste when my next call is calling in and I'm not going to hang up on the person I'm on to say, quickly email whoever my next person was. I see you calling. And in my subject line, I'm on another call that's running over and I don't like to rush people. I'll give you a call right back when this is done. Or if you don't have time, stick something else on my calendar. And that way they know I'm not ignoring them. I'm not ghosting you. Something else is running longer than expected. I don't have to really think. I don't have to type while I'm on the phone with someone else. I can just do a quick copy paste um, and let them know that I'm here. I'll get back to it. But it just not that this moment isn't perfect as we expected. So I use that kind of thing a lot. I have a lot of like copy pasting so that I don't have to type emails that I'm regularly typing. I just copy paste them now, you know, and change out the name or if I need to include a link um, so that those types of things can be done quickly and mindlessly almost if I need to and can make sure that I'm responding appropriately and let, you know, always setting and resetting expectations as needed. I love that. I absolutely love that. And just having sort of like your templates that you go to, like your, your go-to list, you keep those in a folder or like a Google doc, like you said, um, you know, I've used a, a an app called text expander and it's kind of cool because you, you can write a paragraph like that you you know, like something that you normally say, right? Maybe it is, maybe it's like, maybe it's a no response for something, right? And all you would have to put in when you're utilizing the text expander would be like a Z and then an O. And it would just automatically populate all of that, like what equated with that into your email. So that way you're not like having to feel the friction of kind of, of saying no. So that's a, that's kind of a cool little tool to look for. Um, again, it's called text expander and um you know it's really like i said i mean of course you could cut you could copy and paste like your templates that you have and it's very similar right it's just another way to kind of store that and then be and then integrate it into an email or another google doc however you want to so again it's text expander i've mentioned it like three times i'm not affiliated <laughs> <laughs> They're not an advertiser of this podcast yet. Um, <laughs> Christine, what about you? Yeah. So, you know, I need to get better at, you know, creating a calendar link. And I know you know this, <laughs> Susie, because every time you try and schedule something, you're like, you need a calendar link. I, so, I probably have said that a few times. Yeah. <laughs> so that I definitely have to work on. But a few things is, you know, really the do it now has saved so much of my time and energy because those little things that I used to just ignore were became big things because you know, like those doctor appointments and the hair appointments and all that. And then you're, it's too late. So that actually has really helped keep my life on automated and, and sort of the personal stuff that needs to get done. Um, and I also use, and I don't know if this is really what you're asking, but I also use Trello to manage a lot of my projects. Um, uh, for example, I have my podcast, Waste Up Wardrobe, that um, I work on with um, Rick, the producer of this show here today. And we communicate on Trello um, by kind of have like this assembly line. Like I put in this thing, he puts in this thing, and then it's so smooth and so automated. Um, and Trello has really 
literally saved my life. Now I actually do so much on Trello. I have my entire big picture vision outlined on Trello. Um, I have my um, all my all the talks and um, conferences I go to. I take my notes in Trello because all the links, everything is already in there. I don't have to be looking around for paper, pieces of paper, or notebooks I wrote things on. It was very hard for me to trans transition from paper to electronic and digital because I'm an old school girl. Um, but I kind of forced myself to do it. And I'm so grateful I did because I can take, I can put, look up my Trello on my phone and everything's on my phone, right? Or on my computer. And nowadays our phone is like an appendage. It's like, you can't go anywhere without it. And it's just, everything's on there. So that really helps. Trello has been a big a big time saver for me and just sort of a planning system. And I really, um, really, really love it. I also started um, like when, when I send when somebody sends me an email, I can't respond to it because it needs a, it requires an in-depth response. I will tell them I got this. I'll get back to you, but that isn't as automated as it could be. <laughs> so, yeah. I love Trello myself. I'm a Trello girl and use it for project management. And it's great. Also kind of like you're saying, you can, um, if you have someone helping you on a podcast or producing something like you can, you can both work in Trello and basically move your project along. And so the cool thing about it is that you also get to, it's, it's really helpful visually to be able to see where everything is. And I think that's, that's almost like motivating, right? Like that's, that's kind of one way you get shit done is like, see, you know, kind of being motivated visually to see the progress of things that you're working on. Yeah. And one more thing actually is that I don't, there's, there's in, this innovation right now of the AI, the chat GPT. I don't know if any of you have experienced this or used it at all. It is pretty incredible. Um, I can't say that uh, it could be used all the time, but the, the chat GPT, you can, if you're trying to, uh, you know, plan a blog post or something like that, and you just can't, don't have the time or can't brainstorm, you can actually start up, um, something with chat GPT and then modify it. So that actually, I think I foresee as a big time saver for a lot of different things. I think it's a time saver from a kind of a mental, um, almost like mental fatigue standpoint. I I'll, I've used it. I've been using it and I actually used it to help me prepare for today. I went over to chat G GPT. I have a hard time saying that. And I, I basically said, Hey, good morning, chat. I hope you're having a great day today. Like, I feel like I have to like develop some like, kind rapport with this thought, I guess. I have no idea. But anyway, so I asked it, you know, I told it, I was like, I'm doing, um, you know, this conversation today. This is what we're going to be talking about. You know, what are some questions I can ask? Like, what are some good questions? And it came up with like six questions that are like right here. And this is kind of one of them is like, what tools and techniques do you use to manage your time effectively and stay organized? So yeah, chat GPT, check it out. I know that people have different opinions and you know, um, experience with it. Um, but I think it's worth, I think it's worth seeing how you can integrate it and what you're doing, um, and to help you, to help you save time. And again, I, I could have sat there and, you know, thought, okay, what are some questions? Like, you know, maybe do some Google searching, but it's like, no, I'm just going to throw this in chat and see what it says. And it's been great for brainstorming and just kind of coming up with the ideas. So check it out because I think that we're just in the infancy stage of, of our old friend chat and uh, we're gonna it's gonna be interesting to see where it goes so amanda what about you any any kind of fi final tips tools that you use to get shit done 
Yeah. So a couple of things. One is where my calendar is available for others to schedule on, like for consults to work with me. I used to have this thought that like I needed to have tons of time available and so many days and I was letting people schedule same day and mm. that always threw me off and I didn't like it and so I started I made it 24 hours in advance and then just in the last few weeks actually I've reduced the times like the general times that are available because I was ending up with consults in the morning and i don't really like to work in the morning so i changed all of that and it's made a huge difference just in terms of like not having so many unexpected things being allowed on my calendar like being more protective of it and then another thing that sounds counterintuitive but has made a huge difference is whenever because all of my work is on zoom and so i now have a hard rule for myself that i have to be sit sitting at my desk and ready to go five minutes ahead of time. So, and I really had to deprogram that every six, every minute counts kind of mentality to be like, cause I would literally be like, oh, I have three minutes. I can do one more thing. And then I'm rushed or like Zoom has an update or my microphone needs a new battery or whatever. And then I was getting behind. And so I've actually been able to get a lot more done with less franticness by being ready five minutes early. So those are mine. You know, something I've done, this kind of reminds me also, this, this might be helpful for people. I've been setting um, my calls for 25 minutes or 55 minutes. And people might be like, what is going on here? Right? Should the call be an hour or 30 minutes? But I like um, kind of giving my, like whoever I'm speaking with that five minutes to prepare for the ne their next call or what, or myself. Right? So that's, that's why I do that. And I'm kind of like the five minutes. It, this has taken some deprogramming as well, probably, but I'm like, that five minutes isn't really that big of a deal, right? Like that gives people that opportunity to schedule something like right after if they need to, they can like get a drink or go to the bathroom or whatever. So um, kind of like how you've added, you make it a point to be prepared five minutes before a Zoom call to make sure you, you download its newest software update because you know it's going to be happening. Um, I kind of I kind of do that on the back end in some ways, you know, something similar where I do kind of only schedule um, calls to be 25 or 55 minutes. Something to think about. So, and um, what about you, Dina? Yeah. Um, I think the first thing is to recognize it's important. Like what you want is important. Like just to know that it's okay that you can do things that give you the time you want. And one of the things that I needed to do when I was in practice was start to really limit my time and tell people expectations around the phone because my, the biggest thing I did not like was answering the phone. I didn't like messages. I didn't want messages. And I knew how I was behaving around the phone. And I was in court three days a week. So I just left a message and I said, look, I'm on in court on Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. I check my voicemail on Tuesday and Thursday mornings. The best way to contact me is email. Here's my email address. Cause I loved email. Email was super quick and easy. And I wasn't going to get like, just kind of sidetracked if I knew I was going into my email and, you know, let them know their call was important to me. I didn't want them to think that it wasn't, but I knew that if I didn't set those expectations that they were going to have all these thoughts, they were going to think, oh, she doesn't care about me. Oh, she's just, you know, she doesn't check her voice messages. And I got so many messages of appreciation 
to let me know like, oh, thank you for letting me know. And like they emailed me and it made it made my job so much easier when I recognized my patterns. I recognized what I wanted and I let that be okay. And then I started setting expectations up around me in a way that people would respond the way I wanted them to respond. It was it was really great. I love that. And um, now I'm I'm really like I love everything that uh, Marissa and Christina and Amanda have said about around like really just paying attention to what's going on. And I think Marissa's spot on, like we have to manage ourselves and say no. Like if we have our email up and we're doing other things and we see emails populating, we just have to say like, no, we're not gonna check the emails right now. And I think um, the whole, how to say no is definitely for another podcast episode because that's something that we all need to work on, um, including myself. So that, that we could definitely go for like another hour. And I want to be respectful of everyone's time and thank all of you all so much for being here and talking with me today about how um, you all get shit done. And let's just kind of round out and let everyone know where people can find you. And we'll start with Christine. Yeah, so um, I'm Christine Vartanian. You can follow me on Instagram at Jade House of Style. Um, you can also find me there on Facebook, and my website is jadehouseofstyle.com. Awesome. Thank you, Christine. Marissa? Yes, it's Marissa Simmons. My middle slash maiden name is Leeds, L-E-E-D-S, like the city in England. I can be found on LinkedIn as Marissa Leeds Simmons. Um that's probably the best place to find me, LinkedIn. Awesome. Thank Always. you so much for being here. Okay, Dina. Hi. Um, well, you can find me on Instagram at Dina, D-I-N-A dot Cataldo, C-A-T-A-L-D-O. You can also listen to my podcast, Be a Better Lawyer podcast. And I do have the ultimate time management guide for busy lawyers, which is at dinacataldo.com forward slash busy lawyer if you want any more help with this. Yes, and that's perfect. Like that's perfect for exactly what we're talking about today. <laughs> Amanda. Yeah, so I am Amanda Stark. You can find me on Instagram at Glitter and Gravitas. I'm also on Facebook at that handle as well, but I have a lot more fun on Instagram, so I recommend you follow me there. And then my website is glitterandgravitas.com. Amanda, thank you. Thank you all so much for joining us today. Thank you for all, our, for all of our guests in the chat. And if you enjoyed the show and you want to stay updated on future Legally Blessed content, including when we go live in the conference room, which hopefully we'll do again in the future, make sure you hit subscribe and um, like this, um, this video. And I really don't want you to miss any content that we're going to be dropping. So if you hit the subscribe, you are sure to um, learn about it unless YouTube does something crazy, which sometimes it seems to do. Um, thank you again so much for tuning in and just remember to always stay fierce and stay empowered and stay true to your values and keep shining you bright and brilliant legal minds. Thank you so much for being here and have a great weekend. party. <laughs>
Who says, let's see, everyone is here. Rick, hop in. We have to have Rick in here. Have you all, yeah, okay, so everyone, this is Rick who put up with me the last few weeks as we prepared for this, and he's amazing. So thank you, Rick. Oh, no problem. You guys did a great job. That was awesome. And just so you all know, this is on YouTube, so... Keep Good it, to know. Keep it rated G. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so um, Rick and Christine have kind of been my inspiration because Christine goes live every Thursday for the Waste Up Wardrobe. And I was like, you know what? I kind of want to do a live too. I think it would be fun just to get some people together to talk about, you know, these legal issues that we're dealing with. Um, and they're not really even legal issues, right? They're, they're, I, time management, getting things done. Like these are things that we're all, we're all navigating. So um, hopefully the content has been really helpful, but um, yeah, Christine and Rick have definitely been the inspiration for, for doing this live. And I think we'll probably do it again next month. If Rick is down to help me, if I have, if I wasn't too much of a pain, <laughs> hopefully I was a good client. That was great. You guys <laughs> did a great job. He's going to say no. <laughs> <laughs> of course not. <laughs> awesome. Well, I thank you all so much. I hope that you all had fun um, sharing your your wisdom. It was nice but, to meet everybody. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. yeah. I'm not sure if everyone knows each other. But we no, can no, no, no. I know I've seen Amanda. Yeah. And Marissa, I think we were on another round table together. I think in like December, because I was in Boston, I know, when we yeah. did that one. So yeah, I recall that. Dina, I feel like I don't know if I just listened to the podcast you did with Susie or if we've done one. I'm not sure. I don't think I don't think we've been on one together. Yeah. yeah. This is our first time. All right. You just look you have one of those faces. I do me. have one of those faces. <laughs> I get that a lot. So, yeah. I will say, though, everything I've done through Susie so far, every time we do something like this and we catch up afterwards, I'm like, you have got to get us all together in person. Like, I am in love with everyone that we do. I'm like, Christine's earrings don't match, and I'm obsessed. Susie's nails are amazing. Amanda, I regularly say that my favorite color is rainbow sparkles, which is very similar to glitter. I'm like, I need to meet all of you people because you're all wonderful and amazing and like badasses. And I love that. I love that. Idea for a retreat, Susie. I know. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. are bringing together some really awesome ladies, I have to say. Yes. Yeah. I agree. And one thing that has been really fun about this, and I, I kind of laugh about it, is that um, it's unlike a, a lot of lawyers that I've worked with in the past. Like, it's not like everyone's trying to talk over each other. Like, everyone's so nice and, like, kind of they defer, like, oh, what say you, Amanda? You know, like, <laughs> you know, everyone's like kind and, you know, just like, I don't know. And, that's not something I, I feel like we're exposed to as lawyers that much. Like everyone's like, I don't know. There's more kind of like egos and you know, it's just, it's I, just think everybody, I think everybody's in a hurry. I think that we just forget like the human part of ourselves when we're in the legal profession and there's all the deadlines and there's, you know, other attorneys and they're in a hurry and we kind of get wrapped up in it. I think that's probably part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Well, guys, I I want to be respectful of your time. We've already gone over a little bit. 
Um, thank you all again so much for being here and talking about the subject. I'm sure that I'm going to be posting pretty shortly in the community, the next one that we're going to be doing. So be on the lookout. I think it's fun, like kind of having the crossover of different brains, right? Like it's, it's just kind of cool getting different people together to talk about these things. Um, I think that as, as how to say no, like one would be really good. And I actually do have some content in the community about how to say no, but I'm like the world's worst. I'm like, I feel I need to be coached on this. I feel like a fraud because I'm like telling people how to say no, you know, and it's like one of the hardest things, it's, you know, no, it's, you're bringing together minds so we can brainstorm about how to say no. Yes. It's not, it's not like you're holding yourself out as somebody who's doing it perfectly. I think that it's different, right? You, you are friend. bringing it together so we can work through it together. And that's why you're my friend. And that's <laughs> one of the many reasons you're my friend and that we're you're on this call. So, um, and Rick, huge yes. thank you and shout out to you for guiding <laughs> me through this and making it, you know, as easy as technology can possibly be. So it's yeah. been fun. Hopefully I was, like I said, I was a good client. Well, I'm glad it worked out and, um, everything on this end went great. Nobody's connection went dead. So that's always a good thing, right? That's always a good thing. Right. Right. I, uh, was thinking like I had to get a drink of my coffee and I was like oh my gosh what if I spilled this on myself like that would be <laughs> that's a great be a blooper right we could just turn it into a blooper we do that for the show Rick prepares all these bloopers for my show hilarious have you ever seen any of them Susie I feel like I did I feel like I've seen yeah. some of them yeah I'll have to look back at your your channel again yeah, I, think, yeah. I think I called LinkedIn licked in once Sting. <laughs> 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 yeah. Terrible. Love it. <laughs> Guys and gals, have a great weekend. Thank you all so much for you being here. You too. And um, we'll Bye, see you all everyone. Nice to see you all. Right. Thanks, Susie. Bye. All right. Bye. Thanks so much for hanging out with us today on Legally Blissed. If you love listening to this episode as much as we loved producing it for you, be sure to share this episode with two or three female attorneys who inspire you. And of course, be sure to find me on Instagram. Just follow Susie Hickson. That's S-U-Z-I-H-I-X-O-N. I'll see you next time.